Well, we've got a few things to go over, don't we? The spring game in football, full weekends for softball and baseball. Also, of course, track and field hosting a meet. Enormous win for men's tennis and a note of departure from the men's basketball team. So we'll hop right into it. Derek Sharp here back from New Orleans where the Bulls lost two of three but had a eventful win and a much-needed win on Sunday. You'll hear those highlights in our second segment. We'll also have softball here for you shortly, which could have finished off its sweep itself on Sunday. Didn't do the trick, but still overall had a very good weekend. But we'll go back to some football highlights from the spring game, following this one from afar. Great to listen to it on USF Bulls Unlimited. If you missed it, you'll have plenty of chances to catch it on replay. Not only the actual action, but Awesome stuff from the sidelines from Jay Retcher and Joy Johnston. And, of course, we're sprinkling in the halftime alumni game, which was one-sided from what I understand. Matt Groth even poked some fun at himself saying, yeah, my uh, football days may be over, but B.J. Daniels' team got the win there. As far as the game itself, got off to a pretty quick start. Offensively, nice drive led by Timmy McLean and the white team, but it did stall out in the red zone, and Spencer Schrader ended up kicking a short field goal there. But you got to see all of the weapons on display. Jaron Mangum, who didn't run too many times in the game, had a nice seven-yard gain. Jimmy Horn getting in there as well. Then it was three and out for both teams, as frankly, the offenses did slog at times, but it was due to good defense. And, of course, that's the whole thing. You'll hear from Jeff Scott here shortly. You don't want the offense to look overly great because it means the defense is struggling. As far as the score, the green team actually, that was the Catravis Marsh-led team, had a much better first half. Won the half 14-3. As a matter of fact, Xavier Weaver was the big receiver for Catravis Marsh. Caught a 29-yard pass to set up a touchdown between the two. Marsh to throw toward the end zone. Caught Xavier Weaver. And the green team takes the lead on an 11-yard touchdown pass. Marsh to Weaver. Seven-play, 60-yard drive. Next couple of drives, both teams just combined with one first down as McLean hit Jaron Mangum for a seven-yard gain. Second quarter, back-to-back interceptions. The first by a guy who had probably the best defensive game, and actually the second by a guy who was also very good on that side. Picked off Antonio Greer with the interception, and the white team is going to have the ball at the 20. Marsh rolled to his left threw back across his body, and Greer just showing great anticipation. McLean to throw, and that one is picked off. Picked it right off the turf. It's Makai LaPointe. Wasn't sure if he played it on a bounce or if he caught it clean, but it's a turnover at the six-yard line. And from that, a much better offensive drive. Try 18 plays, 94 yards. Trey Marsh hit. O.D. O'Marion Dollison a trio of times to get it near midfield. Michael Hamilton, who is the kid from Mitchell High School that Jeff Scott's had a lot of positive things about after the game, actually ran for 50 yards and said he's going to play now, had a nine-yard pickup and then his own conversion on third and one. Another third and two conversion for Mr. Hamilton for seven yards. Got the green team rolling, and then it was more Hamilton followed by a second touchdown. And the handoff to Hamilton. He finds a big opening on the right side, and he's down inside the 10-yard line. Hamilton runs it to the eight. That's a 17-yard pickup, and it's first and goal for the green team. Hamilton again cuts it inside to the five and down to the three. Greer wrapped him up, but not before he picked up five. Here's Marsh, 
and he throws into the end zone to Yusef Terry for a touchdown for the green. Four yards, Marsh to Terry. Second touchdown pass of the half for Catravis Marsh. Green lights up for sure, but the green got off to a very, very bad start at the beginning of the second half. Here's how that went, and the white team took advantage with the kid from Newsom High School that, boy, I guess they've called him All-Stot. That's not a bad thing. Quarterback will be Jordan Smith. Started as a quarterback, moved to defensive secondary, now quarterback again, and they fumble the snap, and the white team has fallen on it at the 20-yard line. Looks like Tramel Logan on the recovery. First and goal from the one. Hand off to Albritton, and he's in the end zone for a touchdown. Jason Albritton, 5'10", 225, freshman out of Newsom High. Uh, Albritton, who just got here, we call him Allstock. <laughs> he, uh, they don't want any piece of him. He's, he's had some nice scrimmages and, and uh, is able to finish out. I think he's going to uh, find a role for us, too, just because he's a tough guy to tackle. Coach Scott also mentioning Michael Hamilton, saying that they have faith in him also giving some love to sincere brown who's basically been a scout team guy the last couple years but looks like maybe getting more into the offense backup quarterbacks had some issues getting it going saw some nice runs from michael dukes the transfer from clemson one for 13 yards trey marsh given the chance to sort of put it away maybe for the green team couldn't do it then the fourth quarter starts with timmy mcclain re-entering and all to set up a trick play before he got it going to one of his new targets. And we're ready to go in the fourth quarter. Three wide receivers left, running back left. McLean has re-entered. He throws it to Atkins. Atkins, the double pass, and he's got Gunner Greenwald, and Greenwald is down inside the 30-yard line. He will throw. It is caught over the middle on a slant. It's a Joe with Joe, and he's down to the 10-yard line. That's a 17-yard pickup. And the white team knocking on the door, a chance to take the lead back. Here's McLean swings it out to a Joe, a Joe, and he's going to work his way into the end zone. Touchdown, white team. McLean to a Joe, and the white team has taken the lead here in the fourth quarter. Just another weapon that Coach Scott has found a way to land and get in here, and this guy transferred out of Clemson, and he referenced his reason for coming to the University of South Florida for no other reason outside of having a great relationship with Coach Scott. And he's unlike a lot of guys on this roster, 6'3", 220 pounds. He's the size of some NFL running backs, and it shows because when he gets the ball in his hands, he knows what to do after that catch. And that would be it. That would be a pretty key touchdown for the white team because with the running clock, not many chances to score the rest of the way. Actually, the green definitely had a chance to make it a tie game, but a field goal attempt misses from 40 yards. Byron Brown led the offense on that final drive, completed a nice 19 yard or to Sincere Brown to get them into white territory. The good old offensive pass interference hurt Green's chances and made that field goal at the end a longer attempt. Jeff Scott's comments after the spring game, which officially was won by Team White 17 to 14. First of all, I want to thank our fans. Uh, I think that's a, a record. I think we had uh, close to 5,500 uh, fans here, which is a spring game record. And uh, it was great standing out there looking up and, and seeing uh, so many people on the home side. And uh, just their energy uh, was awesome. And then, you know, secondly, I want to thank all of our former players that came back. I mean, it was over 100 
uh, former players. We had a great uh, social last night with them and our coaching staff at American Social downtown. And then uh, today, just to get out there and uh, watch those guys run around a little bit and uh, just see them uh, having some fun and uh, bringing back some memories and uh, really just kind of watching our players interacting with them. Uh, it really was kind of that connection piece that uh, really looking for there. So, um, you know, just really a lot of uh, good energy out there tonight and the way you want to finish your spring. Um, as far as the game, uh, number one priority is to come out healthy. And uh, not only did we come out healthy in the spring game, we came out healthy for the entire spring. And uh, as long as somebody doesn't get hurt on the way to the bus here uh, afterwards, I don't know that I've ever been a part of a team where you went through uh, six weeks of spring ball and didn't lose somebody to a major injury. Um, so hopefully that's a great sign for us. And, you know, after a couple quarters, I started pulling some of our uh, key guys out there to, to make sure that would uh, not happen. Second thing, I wanted a competitive game. I wanted, I didn't want to see one side, offense or defense, dominate the other. I wanted to see a competitive game. I uh, felt like early on, uh, you know, after that first drive, the defense standing out there on the field, I mean, the defense really did a good job clogging up the middle. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, room to run uh, up there offensively. And uh, that's a really good sign for where we've been defensively and really mirrors what I've seen uh, this spring. I think uh, Coach Shoup and uh, our defense uh, personnel has worked extremely hard and, and made a lot of improvements in that area, uh, which was a, a big focus for the spring. And, uh, and then lastly, you know, I would just say uh, the, the way the guys conducted themselves all spring. And I've kind of talked about it in some of the, the media uh, avails and stuff, but just a, a more mature team, more focused, uh, hungrier team. And uh, kind of what I told them right there, you know, after the game was over, I said, hey, there's a lot of good things on, on both sides. And now uh, the next time we, we kick it off, everybody gets to be on one sideline and we get to get everybody back together. And then also we have about, you know, 10 key players that uh, maybe eight, uh, seven or eight starters that are out this spring due to injury. And uh, guys like Will Jones and Brad Cecil and, and uh, you know, Darren Grant, we'll get those guys back this summer. So, uh, you know, overall, obviously a lot of things to clean up. There always is. Uh, that was part of the spring. Uh, but overall, just seeing, I feel like, you know, kind of getting to that tipping point as a program with our depth and uh, just the maturity leadership, you know, that we're going to get on the other side of this uh, moving forward. So, you know, two phases so far are in the books uh, with winter workouts, January, February, and now uh, spring ball, uh, March and April. And, uh, you know, the guys will have uh, academics and exams coming up here in the next two weeks, and then they'll come back in the middle of May and, and start the, the uh, third phase, which will be our uh, summer workouts. But, um, you know, really pleased and, uh, you know, good finish to the spring tonight. He really singled out Antonio Greer. Greer, you know, and, and Greer's been a uh, obviously a good, really good player for us, but this has been the most consistent that he's been since I've been here, just uh, every day showing up and just seeing him, leadership. And you know, there's always a point for those guys when they kind of become seniors where they kind of, you know, that it just kind of clicks. And, and man, he's been everything that we would want and more. Uh, I know as uh, years from now, whenever I kind of look back at the foundation of, of my time here, he's going to be one of those guys that I remember that really kind of pushed us forward and, and brought guys along with him. And uh, I love that uh, young man. And one more from Coach Scott on this extended version of the show on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Yes, the quarterback numbers probably aren't exactly what you'd want, but there were some circumstances that led to that. Up and down. Um, and, you know, again, I'm not going to make excuses for him, but I'm just going to kind of give the reality of it. Uh, you got your starting left tackle playing against next to a walk-on guard, playing against a third-team center, 
you know, it's all kind of spread out. So you have to kind of take some of that into consideration. And then same thing with the receiver group, right? Like, you know, um, Timmy didn't have uh, Weaver to throw to. He had, you know, different guys. And so you get a little bit of that sometimes in the spring. Um, but, you know, I think uh, overall I saw Trey make some, some nice throws uh, in there and did see uh, Q uh, make one uh, nice one there as well. Uh, we'll go back and watch it. The other thing standing behind him, what I noticed it was windy. And that was good, good practice for him too. Uh, good practice for the punt returners to have to work on that in the wind and then also for the, the quarterbacks to have to do that. I think they managed it pretty well. Uh, young guys got, took a sack there at the end where we shouldn't have. But uh, the two older guys, uh, I think they managed the game pretty well. I think, you know, they had a couple throws they'd like to get, get back. And um, But overall, I'm pleased with the progress of the quarterbacks, um, you know, not just today being the, the only evaluation. McLean ended up 12 of 21 for 105 yards. Marsh 14 for 26 for 124. And the two scores, both through the interceptions, of course, on back-to-back plays. The three top rushers were all on the green team. Michael Hamilton, 8 for 50. Kelly Joyner, 10 for 38. And Michael Dukes, 10 for 36. Moving along, and yeah, we'll do baseball and softball in our second segment, but got to mention this. We said keep an eye on the men's tennis team on Sunday. Might have been the biggest win turned in, well, non-women's basketball against Stanford version of this year for any team because... The men's tennis team had a rut in their season where they were losing a ton of close games. Were they ever going to be able to come through? And we said that they were going to wrap up the season with four road matches against all ranked conference opponents. They have won the first three of them. The big one was Sunday. Match that got moved indoors in Tulsa, which, by the way, is going to be the host for the conference tournament. Bulls entered ranked 51st. They beat Wichita State, did not drop a point on Friday. Kind of had a feeling that would happen, but the Tulsa match was definitely up in the air, especially after the Golden Hurricane won the doubles point. Now the Bulls had to win four of the six singles matches, and guess who got the first W? 14 straight now for the sophomore, Alvin Todorica. He's been incredible. And quite honestly, he's been challenged, but hasn't really had a close match since the beginning of his winning streak. The Bulls would actually have a 3-1 to one lead because they'd get W's at number 6 from Bruno Oliveira, 7-5-6-2. And after splitting his first two sets, Ivan Yatsuk wins 6-3 in the third at the number 2 spot. So, three matches left. Bulls just have to finish off one of them. Problem is, Tulsa finished off the first two. Cody Pearson, ranked 96 in the country, beats Chase Ferguson at the top spot. Ferguson bageled Pearson in the second set, but Pearson wins 6-2. And then it became a tie match overall when Bulls number 5 Sergio Gomez-Montesa dropped a second set tiebreaker. So all eyes on court three. When that tiebreaker finished, Antonio Muniz, who had lost his first set 7-5, won a close second set 6-4, was already up a break in the third and wins it 6-1. to one. That is enormous for the Bulls. We'll talk more about it. They still have a certain match at the end of the regular season this weekend at UCF. But here's the point. The conference is so strong in men's tennis, you'd have to imagine the Americans going to get four teams in. Well, UCF is not eligible for an at-large because they're not going to be 500. The Bulls are well above now. So even if by computer ranking they're not among the top four in the conference, they will be among the top four that are at-large eligible. Long and the short of it, it's increasingly likely that the Bulls don't have to win the conference tournament to make the NCAA. And clearly, they have competed with some of the top teams in the country if they get there they can do some damage. Well, the women's team continues to compete with top squads, but falls for the second time in a row to a state foe, 
four nothing the final score. FAU definitely deserved the win. The Bulls were closer than that. In fact, doubles went down to a tiebreaker at number two. And the Bulls' top player, Grace Schumacher, was actually in a tight match, 7-5, 4-all at the number one spot when things were wrapped up. Sierra Berry did lose her match at the number two spot, but gave it a 7-5 first set. And Laura Pellissé was the only Bull to win a set. She was in the third when everything was halted. So that's football and tennis. Plenty more happened this weekend. Of course, softball, baseball, track and field, and that men's basketball note. All when we continue on Bulls Beat. And one more from Coach Scott on this extended version of the show on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Yes, the quarterback numbers probably aren't exactly what you'd want, but there were some circumstances that led to that. Up and down. Um, and, you know, again, I'm not going to make excuses for him, but I'm just going to kind of give the reality of it. Uh, you got your starting left tackle playing against next to a walk-on guard, playing against a third-team center. You know, it's all kind of spread out, so you have to kind of take some of that into consideration. And then same thing with the receiver group, right? Like, you know, um, Timmy didn't have uh, Weaver to throw to. He had, you know, different guys. And so you get a little bit of that sometimes in the spring. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, overall I saw Trey make some, some nice throws uh, in there and did see uh, Q uh, make one uh, nice one there as well. Uh, we'll go back and watch it. The other thing standing behind him, what I noticed, it was windy. And that was good, good practice for him too. Uh, good practice for the punt returners to have to work on that in the wind. And then also for the, the quarterbacks to have to do that. I think they managed it pretty well. Uh, young guys got, took a sack there at the end where we shouldn't have. But uh, the two older guys, uh, I think they managed the game pretty well. I think, you know, they had a couple throws they'd like to get, get back. And, um, but overall, I'm pleased with the progress of the quarterbacks, um, you know, not just today being the, the only evaluation. McLean ended up 12 of 21 for 105 yards. Marsh 14 for 26 for 124. And the two scores, both through the interceptions, of course, on back-to-back plays. The three top rushers were all on the green team. Michael Hamilton, 8 for 50. Kelly Joyner, 10 for 38. And Michael Dukes, 10 for 36.